Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Big Review Ski. My name is Rory Cashin and this week it is a bit of a spooky week. So if you're a fan of horror movies, we've got some good news for you. We got chatting to the cast and creator of the brand new horror movie, The Black Phone, which arrives in Irish cinemas on Friday 24th of June. So, it comes from director and co-writer Scott Derrickson, who previously, uh, people might know, his biggest work was the original Doctor Strange movie, and he was lined up to direct a sequel, but stepped aside instead uh, to make this one instead. He also directed some movies like Sinister and The Exorcism of Emily Rose, so he's definitely got an impressive horror CV in place already. He's adapting the short story by Joe Hill, who is actually the son of Stephen King, so... Plenty of horror pedigree there. And he's reuniting with his sinister star, Ethan Hawke, who we also talked to. Uh, Up first, actually, you will hear from Ethan, who discusses both his favourite scary movie of all time, and his answer makes him now one of my favourite people in the whole world, as well as the inspiration behind his very creepy character in The Black Phone. Uh, It comes from some very unique... Uh, starting off points for the work that he's put into it for this truly once you see him on the big screen it's it's in your mind it's there and it will be there when you go home that night and you're in bed and you're like what was that noise was that ethan hawk it's not he's fine in real world he's a nice guy but the character's super scary here's ethan chatting the black phone ethan how are you doing today very well thanks for being here thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me first question maybe the most difficult one What's your favorite scary movie of all time? What's my favorite scary movie of all time? Um, I remember Rosemary's Baby kind of, uh, it it took me a couple years to recover from that film. Uh, (laughs) uh, That one stands out. And I know it's slightly different, but Alien, the first two Aliens were just unbelievable. I, I mean... And I remember being really grateful to him because I I went to see Aliens, the second one, on one of my first dates. And the young woman I was with was so scared that she was just kind of holding onto my arm. I felt so cool. I felt it. I love that movie because, uh, I don't know, it it gave us a bonding to go through that experience together. Uh, You've just become one of my favorite people ever because Aliens is legitimately my favorite film of all time. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, your character in this, so in the book, he's given a name, he's given the name Al, but in this he's the grabber. It, it almost makes him more in, inhuman, unhuman, like it kind mm-hmm. of distances us from him. Uh, but beyond Joe Hill's story, was there any particular maybe cinematic or televisual or even real life inspirations for you for touchdowns for, for how you were playing him? Well, I can answer that a couple different ways. One of the things that was really inspiring to me was when I saw the completed masks. You know, we worked hard on designing the masks and thinking about them. And when Scott, when I realized that this kind of wonderful idea that the mask would always change, it has a kind of distinct shape, but it was always changing. One time it'd be this half of the face, sometimes this, sometimes this, sometimes this, sometimes a smile, sometimes a frown, sometimes no mouth. And you, it, it made me think about Greek theater and the power of these grand gestures and this iconic imagery. And when you rob people of their ability to read your facial expressions, 
then the brain immediately gravitates to studying body language and studying the voice. And it makes the actor work in a different way. And I did, I felt like I was playing this malevolent force from an ancient Greek drama in a way, like this beast in the basement, you know, like it's, a, it took on a symbolic value to me, you know. I don't think any of us really understand why there is darkness in the world and why bad things happen to good people. And it's terrifying to us, the unknown of that. Why does that happen? Why does that have to happen? Um, and it's hard for us. You, you can't, you can't navigate it. You can't control it. You don't know. And so that's, that's one version of the answer. The other version of the answer is that I played Macbeth. And one of the things about the great, those ancient plays and the beautiful writing of it is that that play is a great meditation and the study of evil and where madness, power, and where all that comes from and how it's often born of deep insecurity. You know, the way we react to insecurities to try to have power over others and make them, we justify our actions because we're in so much pain. So I kind of, those things were inspirational to me. And I, I loved how the movie, you just see the grabber, as you said, even the name, you just see it from his point of view. We don't know what's driving the grabber. We don't, I mean, I could try to come up with some backstories and stuff, but really it's just the kid's story. And in the kid's story, the grabber is just evil. I feel like I could talk to you literally all day about this movie and horror in general, but actually time's already run out. But thank you so much again for taking thank the time you. to Thank you. Thanks. Today. Sorry I was so short, but look forward no, to meeting no. you again someday. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. You too. So that was the very lovely Ethan Hawke. And up next, you're going to hear from the movie's director and co-writer, Scott Derrickson, who as well reveals his favourite scary movie of all time and talks a lot about the work that had to go into making a horror film like this that is... It can be tough to scare modern audiences because you think we've all seen kind of everything that is scary anymore. We're like, what else can there possibly... We've seen the real world. What can there possibly be scary left? And it turns out he actually has come up with some truly scary stuff. So here is Scott Derrickson on The Black Phone. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Really good. Such a pleasure to talk to you today. Likewise. Congratulations on the movie, first of all. And I'm going to open with maybe the most difficult question I could ask a, you know, horror director. What's your favorite scary movie? Suspiria, the original. The Dario Argento film. That, that, that was the film that really made me a, a, a horror filmmaker. I, I'd grown up watching lots of uh, American horror films, but when I was uh, starting in film school, I saw Suspiria uh, and I realized that horror and high art could go together. And I, and, I, and I just had a feeling that I didn't have before, which is that there was a lot more room for the American horror genre to grow artistically. And I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, so that, that's my favorite horror film and, and, uh, and the one that certainly has had the most influence on me professionally. As I was watching this, I was, uh, it could just be me, but I was noticing some, similarity, some similarities to it in terms that it's got a, uh, you know, a child killer and a guy with a creepy face and it's got balloons and it's even got a scene uh, in the rain with a girl in the yellow trench coat. Uh, I was wondering, were they um, 
particular visual nods towards Stephen King's uh, movie? No, they really, they really weren't. The yellow raincoat is, is a yellow raincoat because that's what little girls' yellow raincoats looked like uh, in the 1970s. Um, in, in Joe's short story, uh, the killer is actually a clown. Uh, he's fat. He's based on more on John Wayne Gacy. Uh, so uh, Joe was the one who said after it had come out, he said, well, you got to change that. It can't be a clown now. And Joe was the one who suggested making the grabber a magician, which I thought was a great suggestion. But anything that, that connects to it is uh, is purely coincidental on my part. Some of it's rooted in the short story, which there's no surprise if there's a connection between Joe and his dad. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm sure that fa fathers and sons are going to write some stories with some similarities, but there was no conscious effort to, 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 to create an homage or any kind of nods to that movie. For yourself, um, there's, there's a term that goes around, and I, I don't know how I feel about it, it's called elevated horror, um, as if a certain time of horror movie can only be perceived a certain way. Um, and you can see already the, the some of the early reactions to this, people are you know, they're really, really loving it. And that term is getting used a lot uh, again. Do you have a particular stance on, you know, what elevated horror might be or whether, you know, it's something that kind of is a pro or con for the genre? I, I think it's a bit of a cynical phrase, to be honest with you. You know, it's like you don't talk about elevated action movie or, you know, or elevated thriller. I think that when people use that term, what they're betraying is a kind of conviction that horror is actually slumming horror is actually crap horror is actually bottom dwelling which it's not look there's there's garbage movies in every genre you know and sure there's a lot of crappy you know exploitation horror films that don't really uh, merit consideration but that's true again that's true of every genre so uh, uh, do I believe in elevated horror no I think there's good horror films and bad horror films and there's great horror films you know if the, if, if, if the word elevated horror applies to anything, in my opinion, it applies to the handful of horror films that have really ascended into high art. I think Hereditary is an elevated horror film because, you know, it came along at a time when uh, no one was trying to do that kind of auteur horror uh, filmmaking. It's an art film first and a horror film second, I think. The same is true of It Follows, the same is true of The Witch. You know, those guys are making some highly elevated horror. But again, my love for Dario Argento it was because he was making the highest, uh, most elevated horror that, that you can make, you know. But I think that typically uh, when people say elevated horror, what they mean is it's not crap. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not dreck. It's not, th you know, just terrible. And uh, so for the most part... Uh, I, I, I think the black phone, I think a good movie is a good movie and a great movie is a great movie, you know, and, uh, and we tried to make a great horror film in the black phone. So, yeah, if you want to call it anything, call it that. Perfect. Scott, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That was Scott Derrickson talking about directing and writing the brand new horror movie, The Black Phone. And up next, last but not least, you will hear from both Mason Thames and Madeline McGraw. They play brother and sister in the movie. Uh, Mason plays Finney, who has been kidnapped by Ethan Hawke's character, the Grabber. And Madeline plays Gwen, who is having some nightmares that may actually reveal where Finney's character is being hidden by the kidnapper, the Grabber. The two young actors are fantastic 
in the black phone and during a chat as well they talk a lot about working with ethan and with scott which is essentially like yes you're being paid to go to work but it's also a fantastic free film school you'll learn so much from hollywood legends like the two of those and they talk a lot about modern horror movies and what it's like to be a part of one so here's mason and madeline chatting the black phone madeline and mason how are you both doing today good Good, how how are you? you really good such a pleasure to talk to you both Same. i have one question that i ask every single person who is in or a part of a horror movie uh so here we go what's your favorite scary movie of all time sinister um i'm not really allowed to watch scary movies and i know this is pretty biased but probably black phone yeah <laughs> the reason why i love sinister so much is I watched it with my brother a couple of years back, and that still scares me to this day. And you know, getting to work with Scott and Ethan, who were big parts of that film. I mean, it's it's such an incredible opportunity for me. So, for you both, what was would you say your most memorable day or scene uh, on set that you filmed? Probably the last yeah. scene. Yeah, the 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 last scene, or probably the climactic climactic thing in the film, were definitely. Super, yeah. super fun to film. It's pretty emotional, even from a from the audience's point of view. Could you tell me a little bit about the uh, the audition process? I guess how, how did this come across, and how what was the the scene or the interactions that you had that got you over the line to get into the movie? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was the same auditioning process for both of us. Yeah, we just uh, so so what I did at least. It, this was the beginning of the pandemic, so this is the first time I was doing Zoom. So so that was quite weird for me. But yeah, I got a call back. I got two more. I think that I met Scott, and then I met Maddie. I did a chemistry read with Maddie, and then he actually told us we got it on the Zoom yeah. when we first met and that we got it, and we were kind of in shock. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was. I remember I didn't show any reaction on camera on the Zoom, but then as soon as we closed, yeah, we kind of hit left. I kind of look over to my parents. I'm like. I was in he shock. Just said, I think he said. Yeah, I walked out and I was like, um, d- "Did I really? Did I actually book it?" I was so confused and in shock. Yeah. When you're working with, uh, you know, there's some legends in there. Obviously, you've got Ethan and, and you've got director Scott and you've got mm. some amazing supporting cast. Maybe it it yeah. must feel a little bit like a free film school while you're also <laughs> working. Um, yeah, definitely. Were there particular kind of nuggets of information or did you pick up anything from from anyone? Like, did you see other people work and you're like, that's interesting, I'm going to keep that. And, and yeah, that I, got, I got so much advice from from Scott, Ethan, and Jeremy Davies. And I, 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 I barely remember to start, but the one that I remember so much from Ethan is for one of the basement scenes is he had a scene in Sinister where um he had to go kind of all out and uh, kind of you know, scream a little bit, be really scared. And normally people try to like hide that emotion. So he told me that he just went for it and it turned out great. And that helped me so much in the film, so. With Jeremy, cause I got to work with Jeremy quite a lot in the movie, but I realized, uh, I noticed with him, whenever Scott says cut, he's, he's so invested in his character that he kind of just stays like in the mood that his character mm-hmm. would, but he's so incredibly yeah, nice, he's, he's and it was nice. awesome getting to work with him yeah. and Mason. Fantastic! Thank you so much for your time today, and congrats again on the movie. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So that was Mason Thames and Madeline McGraw, and earlier you've heard from Ethan Hawke and director co-writer Scott Derrickson all talking about brand new horror movie The Black Phone, which arrives in Irish cinemas this week. 
Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you will know when all the brand new episodes of our celebrity-filled entertainment podcast arrive wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for everyone who has already subscribed and who has already listened, and we will be back very, 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 very soon. Very, so soon. You won't, you won't even have time to miss us. And we'll be joined by more famous people talking big movies and big TV. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you.